I'm Nikia Cheney. And I'm Cassidy Perong. And I'm Raina Shalise. And you're listening to Amplify, where we provide space to amplify the voices of students who have not been historically heard at Cabrillo. That would include Black, Chicano, Chicana, Latino, Latina, Indigenous, Asian, and any other group of students who feel marginalized on our campus. This podcast series was made possible by support from the Faculty Grants for Student Success, FGSS, and the Associated Students of Cabrillo College Grants, ASCC. If you want to join in this conversation or support our programs, please reach out. We'd love to hear your voice. So this is our scholarship ceremony, yay! I'm Nikia Cheney. Um, I work in the English department. We're with Amplify, but we're also at Cabrillo College and we're celebrating um, the scholarship awards for the Tony Hill, the Martin Luther King, and the George Floyd scholarships. And I just wanna say that, you know, when we have these scholarships, they are for our students, they are for you all. Um, so we wanna celebrate you. Those of you who've won, um, I want to hear your voices. I'm, I'm hoping that you'll go ahead and, and introduce yourself and talk a little bit. Um, but for the most part, um, I believe Alta's here. Are you here, Alta? Alta Nortcat? I'm here. Yay! With students. Yay! <laughs> so Alta, do you want to say anything about the scholarships awards? This is the second time that we've been doing this together. Do you want to say anything about it? Yes, I do. So thank you all for letting me come in and uh, be a part of this class experience and for taking over a part of this class and <laughs> making it a scholarship experience. It was a great um, time to collaborate and do things differently and open up ourselves to exploring the options of how scholarships and ceremonies can be delivered. So thank you. I am here on behalf of the Student Senate um, and the Student Senate in collaboration with our foundation uh, member um, and the Tony Hill family uh, host a scholarship, um, MLK Junior Scholarship and a Tony Hill Scholarship. And we fund those and read selections and essay submissions and that sort of thing to identify the per person most closely representing the purpose of those two. And so this year, our um, prompt was embracing change. We're no longer just talking about it. We're no longer theorizing that change is uh, needed and a part of our conversations, but we're gonna embrace it and do something with it. And so this year we have two scholarship recipients um, who spoke to that. And we will be bringing those up in a little bit, but I just wanted you to know, my name is Alta. I am the um, student life coordinator here at Cabrillo and I support our student senate, the leaders in that. And I see uh, Divine, Devin A. Hardy is here. She's one of our public relations director. And I also support our clubs. So if any of you are participating in or have interest in joining the club, um, I oversee those activities as well. So thank you for allowing me to, uh, come into your class and talk about embracing change. All right, all right, I love that Alta, I love that Alta. Every time we speak um, and every time we get together, you know, we start moving and grooving and doing really, really awesome things for the students. So, so I'm always happy to collaborate uh, and work with you. And I do wanna say something, you know, we are building um, an Emoja program. We are building a program, a learning community here at Cabrillo as we speak. 
and having activities like scholarship award ceremonies, um, dinners for students, um, presentations, and college visits and all these kinds of things um, we really, really want participation with. So for all of the students who are here, those coming from my class, um, I'm proud of you guys. I'm just so proud of you, proud of everything that you're doing. So we have one winner for Martin Luther King, one for Tony Hill, but I nominated um, 10 of you for, <laughs> for the George Floyds. So we have 10 winners for the George Floyd. So I think this is awesome that we're kind of giving that support to as many students as we can. So I wanted to start us off by um, having a little clip from MLK um, about education and the importance of education. I thought it would be really nice to start us off with his words so we could kind of think about the ways in which scholarships support this type of philosophy. So let's go ahead and let's listen to Dr. King for a minute. I would say to you, don't drop out of school and I understand all of the sociological reasons why we often drop out of school. But I urge you in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you are forced to live so often with intolerable conditions, stay in school. And when you discover what you're gonna be in life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. And just don't set out to do a good Negro job, but do a good job that anybody could do. Don't set out to be just a good Negro doctor, a good Negro lawyer, a good Negro school teacher, a good Negro preacher, a good Negro barber, a beautician, uh, a good Negro skilled laborer. Or if you set out to do that, you have already flunked your matriculation exam for entrance into the University of Integration. Set out to do a good job and do that job so well that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. I really, really like that clip. Um, I like his sentiment and how he talks about, you know, what we're here for, what purpose that we're here for, right? That social justice, that doing things, um, supporting yourself, education, succeeding, finishing college, right? That these things are important for you and you set out to be the best of what you can be and do the best of what you can do. So I just, I don't know, I just, I was looking around for some clips and I thought it'd be nice to, to start this off with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's words, just starting off. But let's get to Alta, did you wanna add anything into this or talk about anything? And then we can go on to our scholarship winners. No, very appropriate. And if you want, I can introduce the Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship um, Awardee. His name is Christopher Monroe. He is not new to many of you. And we have the distinct honor and privilege of being able to support him and serve him as he continues his academic endeavors in this way. Um, 
not always the biggest amount of money, but something to make a difference for someone. And I'm very honored to be able to introduce to you all Christopher and let him have words uh, what this either from his essay or if off the cuff, you know, we, we freestyle well. <laughs> and I see him in the room and I want to turn that over to him. Good morning, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I do apologize for having my camera off. I'm I'm at work currently. I just start, I just kind of snuck off just to join everything. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I just I just want to thank uh, everybody who uh, participated in this. Um, I'm extremely honored and I'm super grateful for this opportunity. Uh, uh, yeah. So. I, I would love just to read um, a little bit of my essay because uh, I feel I have never watched that Dr. King, uh, speech before, but I felt that I wrote my essay with that in mind, even though I've, I've never heard it before. So I feel extremely honored to be able to uh, just speak my piece. Um, my essay begins as C. Wright Mills once described social imagination as the intersection of biology and history. Sociology imagination can be perceived as an individual ability to see past common knowledge. Understanding the context shapes one decision-making, having a more profound experience of life through the lens of social consciousness of how the world works and why it works. I've learned so many lessons growing up in Brooklyn, New York. I've learned how to stretch $5 over the course of three days. I've learned how to detect undercover cops at a local train station if I ever want to avoid paying the train fees. More importantly, I learned how to greet individuals in authority positions, keeping a third eye open. My mother always warned me, Chris, you must be consciously aware of people in power. I took her words to heart. I've always greeted people with a warm smile. I believe that if I shown warmness and compassion, that these feelings would reach the recipient it can be replicated and passed on. But to be honest, it's quite exhausting. I've always been consciously aware of my surroundings. From my youth days in the city, I've received those stares every once in a while, looks of judgment, pressement, and tension. Selling water bottles in a cooler to make a quick buck or selling candy bars for band practice, I, I would experience that particular look that would shake me to my core. I had a thought that stuck with me to this very day. Is it a universal notion for black skin to be viewed with such animosity? Or is, it, or, or is, racism, or is racism an acquitted due process? The concept of racism existed in my mind, but I felt that was just the norm. It's draining moving through a world feeling as if a target's on my back. It's exhausting knowing that, I have, that if I have a ghetto sounding name, I miss a fair shot at employment opportunities. It's exhausting faking a persona to soothe the mind that my accent or my movements would, would offend anyone in, in the workspace. It's exhausting having to break down my fears and worries about being Black and having it dismissed as playing some kind of act, a woe was me ideal, as if my people's competing to be number one in the oppression, oppression Olympics. I can deal with all of that. I've always been consciously aware. I'm built for this. What I am not built for is watching my people's blood on the street and having to justify it. Knowing the trauma of my peers 
watching a criminal such as Derek Chavez actions being justified as a man who feared for his life. Seeing replays of that video of that man placing his, knee, his knees on George Floyd's neck for nine whole minutes, killing this man. I am not built for seeing Deontay Wright being shot and killed by a police officer after being pulled over because of air freshness dangling from his rearview mirror. There is no one way to be Black in America, but there is one way we live while being Black in America. Being viewed as a threat, no matter our gender, age, or socioeconomic status. Mills once referred to history as a wider social forces. Well, how much longer do I have to deal with until history repeats itself? If I judge my life based on quantitative data research, I'm more likely to be placed in jail in a jail cell than graduate college. But my life means so much more than a metric of reading or data statistics. To still be alive past 25 is a privilege that, that many of my peers would never get to see. I've dealt with my share, my share of police brutality in my own domain. I've dealt with racial slurs and devilish stares due to the complexion of my skin. I carry personal trauma that only my people carry with us. I genuinely believe I have to make something out of myself. I'm not defined by the limitations of what society perceives me to be. Speculating on particular circumstances and the correlation of the broader system is not defined of responsibility, but to understand that there is more to life than our current situa situation indicates, excuse me. The more alternatives we can look at the predicament and form questions and reasons behind it, stemming from a fixed point of view, the better understanding we can form on life's journey. I am an individual that had failed multiple times before, but the choices that drove me here allowed me to realize that I am just a barrier, a bearer of history itself, that my life is worth it. I always believe the pen is mightier than the sword. It is my God-given right to seek acknowledgement and, and education. It is imperative to walk this path for myself. I guess that's why I chose philosophy, psychology as my field of study. To understand my life and my journey through it, I want to see how humans can adapt and overcome adversity and live to tell the tale. I love being Black. I love being a Black man. I would like to be a storyteller one day, teach the next generation about being Black, showing them the, tri the trials of our people, but reminding them that our very essence is from a lineage of African kings and queens. Sociology imagination is the ability to see the context in which our decision-making allow us to be better identified and question the very aspect of our society, to form new ideas and ideals, to create a change instead of passively staying idle and just to live. Thank you, guys. Wow. All right. <laughs> Say it all right. That's beautiful. I'm with you, Elsa. That is beautiful, Christopher. I mean, so many sentiments in that essay, love of self, love being black. I'm a product of history, right? I am a success. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, just really beautifully done, Christopher. Beautifully, beautifully done. Wow. Wow. What inspired you when you wrote this, Christopher? Are you willing to talk a little bit about your essay? What were some of the things that inspired you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, um, so I was actually having some complications to man my essay. 
And um, uh, again, thank you so much for allowing me to make my essay. Uh, uh, so when I originally wrote my essay, I felt like I was being, I was trying to follow the prompt to the T, but I felt like I, I was being kind of empty about it. And so it wasn't until I was, I was granted one more extension um, where I kind of just reflected and I just been thinking about what's going on in today's current events and seeing what's happening in Ukraine, but even seeing what's happening with African people in Ukraine trying to get out. And in the midst of war, racism is still pre prevalent. And that astounded me. I'm like, how can we still be oppressed in the face of war? And so I really felt like, I felt hurt watching that. I felt hurt reading articles about it. I, I took it personal. And so I feel like I, as I was writing that, I was, I was placing myself in, in some of my peers' shoes. And I started to mourn about the fact that it's, it's so tough watching inflation going up. It's so tough witnessing, you know, us still in a pandemic and still racism is still a thing. It's still being led charge. And so I wrote that in the sense that one day when I, I do believe that I might become a teacher, uh, once I obtain my PhD, I want to speak power to my students. I'm gonna speak, speak knowledge and wisdom. I feel like it's my right because I've been told that I didn't have the capabilities of being a, a decent writer. And so now it's my turn to pay it forward. And so that's what inspired me to write the way that I wrote in my essay. Oh my gosh. Well, you absolutely have those capabilities. And you know, that was that was just beautifully done. So congratulations, Christopher. Congratulations. So if you guys can unmute and give Christopher a big round of applause um, just for winning um, and for sharing. Yeah, Christopher. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. You gotta get noisy in here, right? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Awesome. And Alta, did you wanna say anything about, um, about anything or about the scholarship or about Christopher or about the essay? I was personally moved. Um, he spoke of getting an extension and one of the things that I have learned in my journey um, in support of academics is not everybody flows the way they need to flow to meet my time frame. Learning is gradual, intentional, and on their schedule. And so I was actually, the determination he had to get that essay to me required me to pull some folks together to read it to say, how do we support this student um, is a gift to me. And students get to influence our walks just as much as we influence theirs. And it is a great privilege and an honor to always be able to hear a student say, just give me that one chance and I'm gonna knock it out the park. Somebody better play the fence. And I feel like his essay played to the fence. Oh, I love that. Played to the fence. Yes, it also, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, it did. We got you, Christopher. We got you. We got you. Oh my gosh, that's just beautiful. So we also have a Tony Hill winner. Um, this is Anthony Gorman, who I believe could not be here today. Is that correct? Um, but uh, we might, we have his words though. We do have his, his words that we can hear. 
I'm gonna, if you will allow me to share my screen. Absolutely. Hi everyone, my name is Anthony Gorman. I'd just like to say thank you to the Tony Hill family and the selection committee that chose my essay. It means a great deal to me and I'm honestly over the moon about it. So thank you, you made my day. Uh, I just wanna read a quick quote from Martin Luther King that I came across when I was writing the essay. Um, I feel like this is a very relevant quote to today's day and age and is also a good parallel to what I feel like Tony Hill stood for and what he fought for. So here it is. True compassion is more than flinging a coin at a beggar. It's understanding that that edifice that produces beggars needs restructuring. Uh, this is something that it just really stood out to me and I feel like it's definitely changed the way I looked at today's problems in the world we live in. So yeah, I just want to leave you with that. Thank you again for selecting me and I hope everyone's having a great Tuesday. Best of wishes and agape. Bye. Oh, wow. That's lovely. That is just lovely. And he sent that video in. He sent that video in um, for us. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Before we move on to the, um, the George Floyd like nominations and winners, Alta, can you tell us a little history about the Tony Hill and about the MLK scholarships at Cabrillo? I'm just kind of fascinated with how those scholarships came to be. It's just really cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and thank you for that time. So um, back in 2000, our um, student senate and our foundation, um, as you know, do, foundation for number one, does a wonderful job of finding donors, connecting students with resources, identifying places that are either unique to certain student populations or open to everyone and competitive enough um, by the funding standards to be worth it, right? So in other words, they try to do anything from 500 up because they want to at least purchase a book or at least give effort to what a student can submit. So they do a wonderful and exceptional job with our community and our folks who are looking to support students. So this particular family, um, Tony Hill was an instructor here at Cabrillo and he was a social justice instructor. He did a lot of community work and advocacy for housing. Um, so uh, influence in those kinds of areas of structural um, oppression and where we could seek different types of relief and remedy in the systems that um, tend to oppress not just those who are minoritized and underrepresented and underserved, but those who may have low income and not seen at all. Uh, regardless of your <laughs> racial status or identity. And so he did a lot of work in that way. Um, and so in his passing, uh, leaving Cabrillo and, and subsequent passing, he and his family established this award and they wanted it to go towards a program. Well, Student Senate at that time um, was regularly announcing scholarships, but they weren't having a kind of formulated way of doing that. So they collaborated with foundation and found that Melanie's, uh, the Tony Hill family would be able to support the student senate efforts. And the goal was to use the student senate to help with the ceremony piece and to display that information around campus, disseminate the scholarships to students and get it seen, marketed and do the work. And then they would be able to come on campus when we had celebrations to, to be a part of it and participate in it. And uh, Ariba was there in its forming days when we had an on-campus celebration. We brought in dancers from local churches and we brought in poets and speakers and it was a big to-do uh, ceremony. And then as things kind of scaled back, 
um, during, you know, 2008 when we had the Great Recession and then subsequent years, it was harder to kind of keep that alive. And so what has formed is this kind of new way of connecting our scholarship efforts and what we have. Mm -hmm. So last year we decided, you know, let's partner with folks who are already writing and um, not always have students find the scholarships listed on financial aid, which is also a wonderful resource because there's actually a link that you can go through and just sort. They even have on the bottom of it tabs of which types of scholarships you can apply for, clearly identified deadlines. There's all kinds of resources available to us. And so it makes it a little bit easier to find scholarships. And in doing that, uh, alongside of that link on financial aid, we wanted to be a little bit more targeted and special. So we reached out to you, Nakia, um, to offer this as a prompting your class. And we'll do that in the future. Um, as long as I'm part of this program. And, you know, if I have a successor, they'll be doing it too. That's the rule. But we'll continue to do these efforts where we're going to where the students are. And it's a part of the homework assignment or it's a part of a writing prompt or it's something to get them thinking. Even if there's no money identified for it, just to be a part of the conversation of whatever that theory and that thought of the year. So this year, everyone should be thinking about embracing change because whether we want it or not, it is here and we are not in the place, nor are we obligated to go back to a system. There is no normal we should be chasing that came from a systemic failure, right? So we should be looking at what the change is that is more inclusive for all of us. And these are ways that we can do that. Little simple ways, reach out to classes that are already doing writings and ask them to write to these types of prompts and let us give students money, mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. And in the wake of last year and all of its turbulence, we have found that during COVID has exposed a lot of our global systems that continue to thrive, right? So when Christopher was talking about watching folks trying to flee a war and still being identified as uh, through a value system based on the color of their skin. You are valuable enough to save for escape is what we are determining based on the color of our skin today. And last year we had to determine if folks were valuable enough to participate in education. Could we give you something, lab books and hotspots and all these things to participate? So now we're changing that narrative. And we are asking our institutions to not just see us, but make room. And so I am thankful that we were able to watch um, the lot of the conversations that have spilled over into our regular life and target them. When we talk about George Floyd, creating a scholarship that honors the life of the man, not the murder, right? It's creating a space to speak on why that is still a part of our American dialogue. When we talk about an American dream, you accept all of it, right? You accept all of it. And so when we are dreaming, dream past the hate, dream past the oppression, dream past the system that exists, that is meant to give you a little bit of freedom and a whole lot of cost, right? So in that endeavor, we collaborated and will continue to find collaborations that support our students and identify resources. Absolutely. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, preach out to preach, preach. Yes, but absolutely, though. Absolutely. 100, 100, 100%. So I'm going to share the screen. 
of the George Floyd scholarship winners. Um, now, here's my thing, right? This money's sitting here and we need winners, right? We want to put this money in the hands of students, students who are doing amazing things, students who are brave enough to come to an, a developmental class in which we're building the types of curriculum that we need to create a program. And every one of these students has come, has shared something, has talked about something, has brought something from those classes into their writing, into their work. So when I sent forth these nominees, the hardest thing for me was that I wanted to include so many more, right? I really wanted everybody to be a part of it. But at this point, you know, I was like, 10 is a lot, <laughs> 10 is enough, 10 is enough. You have to stop at 10. Um, but I am really, really amazed and proud of these students for the things that they're writing about, for the types of work that they're doing. Um, every single one of these students is going above and beyond what I'm asking in class and participating in the podcast, are doing things in their families, are doing things on campus, are bringing this information somewhere. And so, you know, I'm just, I, I think that should be celebrated and I think that should be awarded. The George Floyd Scholarship is very new. This is the second time that we've given out an award for this scholarship. It started in 2020 when we started to have the, um, the protest and Black Lives Matter became, um, the Black Lives Matter movement kind of came about and, and exploded, you know, in Santa Cruz and across the world. Um, and so a few of us got together and said, well, we wanna do something. We wanna have an action. We wanna have actionable items. We don't wanna just talk about how important it is to support, um, you know, uh, individuals who are suffering from violence from the police. We don't wanna just talk about that stuff. We wanna have an actionable thing that we're doing. And that's when we established this George Floyd scholarship. And I have to thank Alta on this because kind of getting together with her and saying, hey, how do we do this? How do we go about getting students awarded? How do we go about doing this? Um, you know, really, really helped to kind of solidify, this is what we can do. These are some things that we can accept. These are some things that we can take. So it is very new. It's very new, right? And so getting students to know about it or getting it listed, you know, we're still working that, working out those kinks. But these students here, Divine Hardy, Molly McCormick, Anthony Batistella, Sonia Ruiz Alvarez, Kenneth Lee Thomas, Tara Nia, Nier, Lupita De La Torre, Melanie Blaha, and Rosacela Cruz Alvarez, and Kiana Davis. Um, have all done some really, really, really good work uh, in my class. And so I was able to send forth some things um, and send forth these names to be awarded. So I wanna turn it over to these scholarship winners um, and give them the opportunity to talk about winning an award or talk about being in the class, um, the Emoja course, the developmental course, AUMJ1 course, in which we're kind of wrestling with some of this stuff. We're discussing it, we're talking about it, we're getting our hands dirty. So I wanted to kind of give you guys all a, a chance to talk. So let's see, um, Divine is here. Divine, would you like to kind of unmute and talk about anything you want at this point? Winning the award, being in the class, um, the things that you're doing, go for it. This is super exciting because it's, it's really great to be acknowledged for work 
that we're doing. And I've had this theme for myself throughout the entire semester um, that was inspired by Shirley Chisholm, sharing that if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. And I've been doing that as much as I can this semester and stepping into my blackness, getting, ri um, getting rid of being exhausted because my melanin exists. And this class has truly helped me explore that in a way where it's not as traumatic, but informative for how I move through the world. So very excited and thank you so much. Super exciting to be a part of this group. Yay, thank you, Divine. Thank you so much. Or Devonay, I just you're divine to me. So you know it just you're gonna have to accept that. But thank you so much. Molly, Molly's here. Molly McCormick, do you want to say anything? I have really appreciated being a part of your class from last year. I'm not last year, last semester to now. Um I thank you so much for submitting me for this. I, I'm that's really very nice of you that I and unexpected I didn't expect that um but I have very much did getting more knowledge about everything I have appreciated all the books that I've been reading and getting to know more and I'm excited to continue to learn more and be more a part of the process of educating myself. And um, I don't want to stop. And that's something that I've really enjoyed and look forward to continue to enjoy. Yeah, thank you so much, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. I really, I hope to find out what other classes you teach and keep taking them. <laughs> I really, really have enjoyed you as a professor and really, really really like taking your classes. Thank you, Molly. Like I said, on that email when I sent out to the winners, you all deserved it. You deserved it. Anthony's not here. He sent me an email. He couldn't be here. But Sonia is. Sonia is here. So Sonia, would you like to unmute and speak a little bit? Anything you want to say? First of all, I want to thank you so much. And I admire how you truly believe in your students deeply. Um, it has been really hard since I started school, but I've been not trying to give up and keep going. And it's just admirable how there's professors that really, really enjoy what they're doing and the things that you do for us. Uh, thank you so much for doing that for me. And um, I'm also trying to get a next class with you <laughs> hopefully next semester um because i truly enjoy your class thank you so much <laughs> thank you sonia kenneth is not here today but tara is here and again like i said you're either doing above and beyond or you're being very vulnerable and very honest in the course or your work is just stellar um those were my criteria for sending your name forward but go ahead tara well i'd like to um and to echo others and and talk about what a wonderful professor you are i mean i am i am humbled and honored <clears throat> to be included in this but even even before this i was just thinking about the kindness with which you teach and we bring us together and talk about difficult things but even just the normal you know like this is optional or re gentle reminder about this you 
you are tr truly kind and, and in, in what you do. And I appreciate that a lot. And like everybody else, I'm gonna take the rest of your classes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Thank you, Tara. But it's not about me. You guys talk about you. This is not about me, right? I want you guys to talk about you and about, you know, what is it, what it is that you're doing. A few of you are participating in the podcast, which I think is awesome. Um, a few of you have done some projects on your own, um, like Kenneth. I think it, that is just awesome. So I'm really, really, really happy. Lupita's not here. I thought I saw Lupita peek in for a hot second but I don't see Lupita or Melanie or Rosacella or Kiana, but Dalvin is here. I got you, Dalvin. I see you peeking over there, Dalvin, who's also in the class. Um, I had to have some criteria, Dalvin, but I got you, Dalvin. I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you, man. I got you. So if you want to unmute, you totally can, um, just because I like to bring everybody to the table. Um, but if you want to talk about any of this stuff, you are more than welcome to because you're showing up as well, too. Um, I mean, I don't have anything to say. I've just been listening to everything and I'm just been inspired by everyone. I'm just here to listen. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Oh, thank you. You show up, Dalvin. You do show up. So I got you, man. I got you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So again, um, this is why we're doing this, right? These are one of the perks and the joys of being an educator is that we can support students and we can help students because these issues, they're happening, they're real. Racism is real, discrimination is real. Um, the ways in which we're trying to push against those things, right? It's not just something that we're, we're putting a mouthpiece to. We're just saying, oh, I'm doing this or oh, I'm doing that. There has to be an action behind it, right? So we are pushing for change and each one of you students are part of that. And that, that deserves to be recognized, okay? So Ariba is here. Ariba Alston-Williams is also here. So again, Ariba, you can unmute if you wanna speak, um, go for it. Um, oh, thanks, Nakia. Um, this is great because, um, you know, a couple years ago before the pandemic, um, the Black Student Union was active and we participated in this um, equity study that was done by our Office of Equity. And one thing that um, some of the goals that they had were to see themselves more on campus, to see themselves in instruction, to see themselves in um, the support around campus. And I feel like we've got there. You know, we were making strides to get there. We've got Nikia now who's teaching this wonderful class um, that all of you guys are so excited to um, be taking and all the other classes she's taking. Um, we've also just made a commitment as a college to um, make sure that people feel welcome on campus and that this is a place for them. So this is exciting. Um, these scholarships and the celebrations that we have throughout the years are always a highlight for me, um, being here as a classified staff. Uh, so I, this just brings joy and congratulations to everyone. Um, everyone's essays were great. And um, all the people that are in the class right now that are receiving the George Floyd um, scholarship, I hope to see you in our community doing more things. 
um, yeah. thanks, Nikia, for inviting me. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I want to give a shout out um, to Raina Shalise, the co-creator of Amplify with me, um, who is also here. Um, working with Raina is, is a joy. And we are recording this at for the podcast as we speak. Um, but I, I definitely want to open it up. If you want to say anything, Raina, you totally, totally can. Um, that's something that's very important that we're trying to do. And Cassidy Perong is here as well, um, who is our assistant. Um, who's also been doing some great work, but go for it. Go ahead, Rena, go ahead. Thank you so much, Nikia. Just being in this space, celebrating all of you incredible scholars. I'm just, I'm so thrilled. And it's an honor to be an educator at Cabrillo to be able to support our students in these ways. So I just, you know, I'm, I am honored to be here. I am thrilled to celebrate all of you and just inspired because you are the future. You are the present, you are the past, you're everything. So I'm just so, um, so proud. And I hope you're also proud of yourselves too. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. You got to pop your collar, right? You guys ever heard that saying where you just you pop your collar up and you walk tall? That's, that's, that's what you need to be doing now. So Cassidy, do you want to say anything? Cassidy is our assistant and she's just wonderful. She's, she's helping Emoja. Um, she's been doing some wonderful work. So Cassidy, would you like to say some things? Yeah, hi. Um, it's been such an honor getting to know everyone and work with everyone and see all of the wonderful things that people are doing and bringing together and the magic that happens when we all work as a team and the different things we bring in. So it's been really great, great um, seeing that. And thank you, everyone. All right. And last but not least is Amy Lehman Sexton. So, you know, I had to, I had to put you on blast because that's my thing. Everybody's got to speak, right? So if you want to <laughs> say something, you totally can. Um, go Thank for you. it. Well, just thanks for having me here today. It was really lovely to hear all the comments and people's experiences. And I really just appreciate you guys participating in this class so that we can hear from you and develop, um, you know, something really amazing as we go forward with this program at Cabrillo. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we got to give away so much money. That's always a plus, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just really nice to hear everybody's experience and learn from that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the George Floyd Scholarship is supported. Um, I think the main way is, is faculty. Faculty have been doing payroll deductions for it. So this college has overwhelmingly supported um, this scholarship award. So that's, that's beautiful. Well, I want to I want to insert that employees as well. So it is open to a payroll deduction, and many of us have uh, updated our um, contribution because, as many of you may not know, the foundation actually has a donor that will match any payroll deduction made um, in this year. They will match that by the end of the year. So we were able to push our efforts and find ways to contribute to things like this. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. So let's unmute, give all of our George Floyd Scholarship Award winners um, a big round of applause. Right. Um, you guys are doing wonderful and great. And as we conclude, uh, you know, again, support the scholarships, right? Um, support each other. Don't be afraid of being vulnerable and putting forth some effort to make change, right? Keep doing what you are doing. All of you are here from the Martin Luther King winner 
to the Tony Hill winner, to all of the George Floyd winners. Just keep doing what you are doing. You deserve this. Okay? I want you to say it to yourself. I deserve this. You deserve to be supported in your efforts and in your endeavors. Okay? And any last words from anyone? Alta, do you want to you take us home? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes, like I said, we will be releasing this as a podcast session um, just to kind of hype you guys up. Um, and again, you've been listening to Amplify, but this is also the scholarship award ceremony at Cabrillo. We've got a lot of people here who just want some money and who are smiling and feeling good about themselves as they should. Um, and we're just, we're just doing what we do, okay? Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Amplify, a podcast series for historically unheard Cabrillo students. You can join us by emailing Raina Chalice at R-A-C-H-E-L-I-S at cabrillo.edu or me, Nikia Cheney at N-I-C-H-A-N-E-Y at cabrillo.edu or even texting 951-254-3651 or visiting our website at podcastforcabrillo.wordpress.com. And amplify your own voice too.